Hey, you're listening to Watercolor Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy. Um, this is my very first episode, so bear with me through the poor audio and the amateur editing skills, if any. <laughs> also, it's been hard to record remotely, um, like schedule-wise, so I will be awkwardly recording this alone right now. Um, but soon I'll have a co-host, some fun guests, things like that. Um, so keep in mind, like I said, this is the first one. Um, so I promise it will improve. So if you want to still keep listening, that would be great. <laughs> All right. Um, so for this first case, I am in Canada, so I did want to pick a Canadian one to start. Um, this is a pretty cut and dry one. That's why I picked it. Cause it's, you know, pretty short, um, solved case, nothing to like crazy to get into for research. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of good sources for that. Um, in the future, I would like to get into a lot of unsolved cases, um, and a lot of missing person. I think that's just so important. There's so many podcasts out there right now doing that. And I think it's important to keep it going. There is answers out there for all those. Um, someone always knows something, right? So it's always good to keep going. So let's just get this going. All right. So the first one I picked the Richardson family. Um, some of you probably know it. Uh, it is an older case. Well, from the early 2000s, not really that early, I guess not that long ago. Um, but yeah, I, I feel most people know it, especially most Canadians. Um, yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> Uh, so on April 23rd, 2006, at 1 p.m. in Medicine Hat, Alberta, a young boy went to visit his friend, 8-year-old Jacob Richardson. No one answered the door, so he peered in the basement window and could see a body on the floor with what appeared to be blood on it. Actually, that was his exact words to his mom was, there's bodies with blood on it. Um, so they ran. he ran home, told his mom, they called the police. When the police arrived, they found 48-year-old Deborah Richardson in her blue nightgown. She was stabbed 12 times in the basement. Next to her was her husband, 42-year-old Mark Richardson, in his boxers, stabbed 24 times, mostly self-defensive wounds. Actually, when they found him, his arms were still up defending himself. So, like, just imagine how sad that is. Um, upstairs in his bedroom, they found 8-year-old Jacob. In a blood-soaked room, they found him in his bed with his throat slit. There was blood splatter all over his room, his toys, um, telling the tragic tale of a boy fighting to escape his fate. The police got concerned when they didn't find the other child, 12-year-old Jasmine. They immediately sent an alert, fearing for her safety. Um, they began looking for clues in her bedroom, going through emails. Um, they went to her school looked in her things, her locker, and what they found quickly turned Jasmine into their number one suspect. Um, so one of the things they found in her locker, because she was a really good artist, um, she had actually drawn a comic strip of her killing her freaking family. So um, that right away was like, oh, <laughs> I'll read some of the emails later. So you'll see like, how insane this whole thing is. Um, yeah. All right. So who were the victims? So let's talk about them for a bit first. 
Deborah and Mark met at a gym in Sudbury, Ontario. They fell in love, got married, and moved to Medicine Hat. At the time of the murder, they had been married for 15 years. Um, Mark worked in the oil and gas industry, making like a good wage. Um, they had a really nice house. I'll post pictures later. Um, Deborah was very spiritual and she was into holistic medicine. Um, she was in the process actually of starting a like holistic healing studio in their home so she can help people, which she just sounds like just so sweet. Um, their, their home was in a good neighborhood. Um, their family was described as very happy and close. They were loving parents and the kids seemed like just typical kids. Looking from the outside, everyone said they were like the picture perfect family. Um, Jacob's. Jacob was said to be the class clown. He loved sports. Um, before Jasmine's downward spiral, which we're going to talk about. Family and neighbors said they always would like see her outside playing with him. And he just loved his big sister. Like, it's just so hard to fathom this whole situation that's going to happen. So now, unfortunately, we will talk about Jasmine Richardson. So at the time of the crime, she was 12 years old. So please keep that in mind because it is really hard to comprehend. Like when I'm telling you this stuff, you're probably not going to think of that. You're going to just think like, okay, some girl. Because you'd almost think she's an adult. Well, I guess not really because she does some dumbass things. But just keep in mind, she is 12. Like I have a 12-year-old son and I just, I can't even imagine any of this. Like it's insane. Um, so in the year prior to the murder, she was just 11, obviously. Um, so this is beginning back to there when things kind of started to change. So first she was described as happy, friendly. She was very outgoing, really good in school. Um, she's a very pretty girl, but she was trying to like grow up way too fast, as you're going to hear. Um, she slowly started progressing more into like the goth style. She was wearing all black, listening to heavy metal, um, just... A side note, though, obviously this doesn't make her turn into the child monster she becomes. Um, I, too, love metal and wear black. <laughs> Most of my friends in school, her age, well, not her age, but a little bit older, um, we're also like the goth kids and stuff. So, you know, we're not out there murdering people. So, again, the goth stuff has nothing to do with it. Um, I just, I don't like when people say like, oh, the music makes, you know, things like that. So anyways, back to it. <laughs> so she started getting into some minor trouble at school, mostly uniform related stuff. Um, she started joining like online sites like Vampire Freaks, things like that. Again, I mean, I was on Vampire Freaks. I didn't murder anyone. <laughs> um, she portrayed herself as between 15 and 16. Um. But again, I think she had to because a lot of those sites, yeah, a lot of those sites had like a minimum age requirement. You know how Facebook now, I think it's like 14 or 16 or something. Um, so again, remember, she is currently 11 <laughs> in this horrific, insane story. Um, she had listed on one of the sites her likes. Um, hold on, because this is insane. The age of 11 she had listed her likes as kinky shit. How the hell at 11 do you even fucking know what kinky shit is? Like, this is insane. But anyways, again, she was trying to grow up so fast. 
Um, I mean, I grew up in a small town where, yeah, you did grow up really fast. You tried to act like an adult when you were young, but not at fucking 11. Like, I was still playing with Barbies. <laughs> um, her main username was Runaway Devil. That's also the name of, like, the main book about this case. It's really good. I will put it in the show notes. It's pretty much where you can find everything, um, really, in one place. It's really good and really um, on the nose, I guess. Her parents weren't concerned about her new style because they believed in just self-expression. Um, again, her parents were fucking amazing parents. Like, they were so nice and understanding. Um, she began going to some punk shows. And that's actually when she started hanging out with some older guys. I do have a note in here just because I heard this in a different podcast and I thought it was insane. Uh, one of the guys that she would hang out with, his name was Trenchcoat. That is how they referred to him. Just trench coat. <laughs> Not even kidding. But anyways, um, now we're going to fast forward to January of 2006. So four months before the murder. Well, three months. <laughs> um, she was at a punk show where her friend introduced her to 23-year-old Jeremy Steinke. Um, again... <laughs> With the ages, she is 12. Now she is meeting this 23-year-old guy. So, 23. Um, he was a self-proclaimed 300-year-old werewolf who wore a vial of blood around his neck because he liked the taste of blood. Um, in his early years, his mom was an alcoholic and his birth father used to whip him. Um... His mother then had a slew of abusive boyfriends, abusive to her and to her kids, which, again, insane. Um, on one occasion, actually, it was so bad. He was beating up Jeremy's mom and Jeremy stepped in to help and the guy, like, beat the shit out of him. Like, and this is coming from his mom. Like, his mom admitted to it. Um, so, you know, he didn't have a good childhood, so you feel really bad for him. He moved a lot. He didn't have a lot of friends. He was picked on heavily in school. Uh, he did drop out. Um, he had attempted suicide before he had met Jasmine. I don't know how long before or how many times or what it just says before. Um, so, you know, you could feel a bit for him for his childhood. Obviously, he had a horrible childhood, but again, you know. A lot of people have bad childhoods, you know. They don't go around murdering people. <laughs> um, so his online profile was Soul Eater 52. That was his main one. He describes himself, he said, would be to give you a chance at discovering who I am. Blazing pain of agony, slowly corrupted by my mind as silent angels wrap their tears into the hearts of mankind. So he did... Um, Seemed to be a bit of a poet. Some of his stuff actually isn't too bad. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Um, and sometimes he's just so strange. Like, grow up. You're 23. <laughs> actually, I think that might be some of his thing, right? It's just that he was one of those people that just couldn't grow up. Um, I think every group kind of had that random old guy who would, like, hang around the younger kids and, like, buy them alcohol and stuff. Um and now looking back, you're like, that is gross and creepy. <laughs> but this guy actually just wanted to date everyone, you know. He's 23, trying to date. Like I said, she's 12. 
So, um, oh, this was another one of his poems. Again, some of them aren't too bad, you know, he, but then he'll say some really weird things. We'll get into it. But another one of his poems was called The World. The world I live is dark and cold. These things, the things these pitiful souls do seem to never get old. I wish for they would all die. The earth can burn. To hear them scream, I yearn. The blood should be spilled. Their blood should be spilled. For some of them my heart they killed. But it is not for which I wish they'd die before this planet be filled with hatred and lies. I mean, I wrote stuff like that when I was like her 15 or so. You know, I thought I was all deep and I thought I like understood everything and I was feeling the craziest emotions, you know. And really you're a child and you know nothing. <laughs> Um, all right. So several of their friends and her parents obviously disproved. Um, they forbid her to date a 23 year old because again, she had good parents. I feel like if they allowed her to, then we have something serious to talk about. Um, so she got really irritated by that. She started asking counselors at her school, um, asking for them to put her in foster care, not because her parents were bad. Again, they were great parents, but she just didn't like that they started grounding her and they didn't let her have her little, not little boyfriend, because, you know, he is technically an adult. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> they started discovering some of her emails and chats online. They got a bit worried, so they took her computer away. They put her into some counseling. Um... Things started to kind of seem improving, but again, they didn't know. Sometimes she'd be sneaking out to see Jeremy. She also was emailing him from the school and from the library, so taking her computer ended up just not really doing it. Some of their emails, I hope you're ready for this, insane. Like I said, sometimes he tries to be deep and sometimes you're just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, oh my god. So he wrote... A song for Jasmine, till death do us part. You're the blood that flows through my veins. You're the sun that breaks through the clouds when it rains. My love for you is forever as we die here together. We'll be together forever till death do us part. Again, like, you know, at 15, 16, I, I, I thought I was so deep and so poetic. And I would be down for some things like that. But, you know... This girl's 12 and he's 23. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I can't emphasize that enough because it's bananas. Um, this another one from him. God, I can't get our not seeing or talking to you. I yearn to hear your soft, subtle voice and long to be held in your arms, wherever that might be. I don't care, but just to share time or die for. And there's not anything that can replace the way you make me feel. I miss you and love you and I just wish we could go somewhere to just be alone together for a while or as long as you'd like. I think tonight I'm going to write another song for you, smiley face. Won't that be fun, especially since you will not be able to hear it till I see you next time. Tee hee. R-O-F-L. <laughs> well, I guess I should go or something. But I hope to hear from you much sooner than later. TTYL, cuddle bunny, hugs and kisses. See, before he was trying to be all poetic and now he's being 
like a 13 year old girl himself. Like, tee hee hee hee, cuddle bunny. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's weird. Uh, so this is now we're moved up to a month before the murder. Uh, he writes her so she'd snuck out to go see him. He said, you were a sight for sore eyes and I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people? She said, killing people sounds like fun. Yes, we shall. He said, and what of the vial of blood I gave you? What are your words on expressing your thoughts on that item of love I gave you? Yeah, so he ended up giving her a vial of blood so she also can wear that around her neck. I don't know if it was his blood, I assume. Um, but again, instead of just being like, hey, do you like the gift I gave you? He had to like go and write a whole paragraph. <laughs> like just dancing around the question. Um <clears throat> So on March 16th, just, just about a month before the, before the murders, um, he messaged one of his friends saying him and Jasmine wanted to kill her family to cop copy natural born killers. The movie he wrote, the reason would be to start a spree across Canada. Have you seen that movie? It's the best love story of all time. I loves it so much. I want to do it myself. So, yeah, he had a crazy obsession with that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's, spoiler alert, it's essentially um, this guy and girl get together and they kill her parents. They won't kill her brother because, you know, it's it's a freaking child. Um, but then they go on like a killing spree. So, basically what he wants to do. <laughs> so, at this point... Her parents felt things were improving because, again, they didn't know she was sneaking out and still messaging him and whatever. Um, so they'd given her computer back, things like that. Um, so then they decide, you know what, you can start going to some punk shows again. I'll just go with you. Like, we'll go, we'll take you there, we'll hang out over here and you can go hang with your friends and we'll go home. So they go to a punk show and they couldn't find her anywhere. They were looking around. Well, guess where they found her? Oh, just out in an alleyway, you know, making out with her 23-year-old boyfriend. So they obviously flip out. They ground her, take away her phone, computer, everything again, as, you know, good parents would do. <sighs> it's just frustrating because they sound like so good and so just like caring, right? They had her best interest. But anyways, um, so on March 20th, again, we're about a few weeks away. She wrote, "Rar, I hate them. So I have this plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. So are we set? I'm going to try to call you, but I really don't know if I'll be able to. They are treating me like shit. I hate them so much. But I hope this won't bring us further apart. I hope to talk to you soon. Love. <laughs> so he replies, Well, I love your plan, but we need to get more creative with, like, the details and stuff. I wish they wouldn't treat you that way, girl. It angers me to hear that. I dislike them very much. Don't worry. I love you too, my sexy beast. I hope, you hear f I hope to hear from you soon. To take care, my love. You have the... Okay, again... See how he has the beat around the bush. 
you have the key to my heart soon enough you shall have my heart if i die anyway because if i give it to you now i die and you won't be able to hear how much i love you so essentially i'll give you my heart but you got to wait till i die because if i give it to you now then i'll die and then you don't like oh my god he's so much he's just the most saying the most doing the most they are the most <laughs> Um, so then he posts on his account, one of his accounts, payment, my lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume as their greed continues to consume. She is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. It's all total bullshit. Their throats. I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see it to that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Final, finally, they shall be silent. Their blood shall be payment. Like, okay. Okay, Jeremy. Okay. <clears throat> so, the friends on both sides at this point, like after in police interviews, said that basically Jeremy was saying that she was begging him to kill her family. Like... Just she would not stop. Even She was even telling her friends that she wanted to kill her family. But they all thought she was joking. Um, <clears throat> he told her actually that she would break up with him if he didn't kill her family. Because they couldn't be together. He actually, he went to one of his friend's house and asked him if he could help him. Because he was like worried about it and worried about doing it himself. And his friend's like, what? Like, no. I'm not going to go kill people with you. Are you crazy? But they didn't do anything. They just laughed it off. So then he posted again. I will kill. I will spill the blood for you tonight. It will be a bloodshedding fight. You satisfy my hunger. You quench my thirst. So someone had written something to him and his response on Vampire Freaks was, I'd rather do morbid things like Jazz's rents, which I'm going to do this weekend. So... man <laughs> these people like i don't know it's just crazy to me like if someone is going around talking about murdering someone constantly and but like talking serious about it like they really want to do it i don't know man like try to investigate it something because like if someone had said something maybe this could have been avoided like i don't even know at this point they're, these guys are just, I don't know, romance? <laughs> just kidding. That's not romance. That's insanity. All right. So the day of the murder has come. So the Richardson family had a family barbecue with their kids. Heartbreaking, I know. Um, Jeremy, at this point, Jeremy was out getting drunk, bought a bunch of weed. He drank a six-pack of beer and then moved on to vodka. He drove to his friend's house, who he was trying to get him to help murder her family. He was pleading for help. They said no, and then he told his friend that if he told anyone, he would kill him. He then watched Natural Born Killers with his friend, and he stated, The difference is Jasmine is going to kill her brother. So at this time, same time now, so he's out. 
getting drunk, all this. She's at home with her parents, having a great old night, pretending everything's great, celebrating her last night with them. I don't know. But then she goes and takes a nice relaxing bath. Like, how sweet. <laughs> uh, 3 a.m., Jeremy goes to his Coke dealer's house, gets some Coke, does some ecstasy, drank a bunch more, trying to get up some courage. On his way to her house, I hope you're ready for it, he stops at the convenience store to get gum because Jasmine doesn't like when his breath smells like smoke. Yeah, that's what he's thinking of. Going to do a murder and he's thinking, oh shit, better get some gum for when I make out with her after. Like, oh my god. Anyways. <sighs> Around 4 a.m., he throws a pine cone at her window to wake her up. She goes down to the basement to let him in. He was so drunk, he was making a ton of noise, which wasn't the plan. Um, so Deborah woke up. She ran to the basement, I assume thinking that Jasmine's trying to sneak out or sneak in something. She runs to the basement. She sees Jeremy in a like full face mask. And he just starts stabbing her. She starts screaming and she woke Mark up by her screams. He ran down with a screwdriver and attacked Jeremy. He was able to knock the screwdriver out of Mark's hand. And then Mark tried to poke Jeremy's eyes out, which, man, that guy put up such a fight. Um, he was trying to choke Jeremy. Like, they had said, even Jeremy says later, like, Mark was just trying so hard. Um, so at that point, before he died, Mark asked him, who are you and why was his last words. Jeremy replied, this fucking piece of shit replied, because you treat your daughter like shit, it's what your daughter wanted. Like, can you imagine that is the last thing you hear being murdered? That your daughter was the one who did this. Your fucking 12-year-old daughter. So, during this time, Jasmine was upstairs cradling Jacob. Because obviously he woke up from all the noise. Um, she was cradling him, telling him to go to sleep. And she had put her arm around him and actually tried to choke him. Choke him out. Uh, he got away. He broke free. At this point, and he ran out, like started running around. Um, at this point, Jeremy was dragging him up the stairs, leaving a whole trail of blood on the wall going up the stairs. And one of them, it's unsure who, because they both say it was the other one. Out of everything, this is the only thing they can't agree on, like who killed Jacob. Um, they had said, one of them said, we can't leave him. So Jacob fought so hard, the blood was everywhere. He was stabbed a couple times. Um, so there was like blood splatter everywhere in his room. And then it is said that Jasmine then grabbed him and slashed his throat, washed the knife, then placed it on the counter. So that's Jeremy's story. Jasmine says that... Um, actually, we'll get into that later. So then uh, she told Jeremy to go wait outside. For her to grab her bag that, you know, she already had packed. And her mother's purse. Jeremy, on the other hand, was so freaked out and paranoid. He ran down the street to his mother's truck and drove home. Just left her at the house. <laughs> Which, that part I find funny. <laughs> um, so then she went and had to go get a cab. She went to Jeremy's house. You know, with the money she stole from her mother. 
after brutally murdering her. Um, they showered, put packed their bloody clothing away. They cleaned out the truck and then went, went around and threw all the bags of clothes and stuff out. Um, so the next day, it's now it's the following day, I guess, in the morning. So they go to the Coke dealer's house, um, who later stated that Jeremy looked like a mess. Like he was like all spooked out. Uh, also, I mean, he did a lot of drugs and drank a lot. Um, Jeremy and Jasmine went and had sex because, you know, that's what you do after brutally murdering someone. After your whole family was slaughtered in front of you. Apparently, she got, it got her going. So, then they went to a party. Apparently, the entire party, they were making out. Like, her on top of him, just like straddling him on the couch in front of everyone. Which, I don't even understand these friends. Like, whosoever friends it is. Because, again, she's fucking 12 and he is 23. Can you imagine being at a party seeing that? Like, a 23-year-old making out with a 12-year-old. Like, how this whole group of friends, like, how anyone hasn't, like, done something about, like, there's something. Like, how you're allowing this to happen. I don't know. So, anyways. Um... Jeremy then told one of his friends that he gutted her family like a fish. And Jasmine giggled and replied, my little brother gurgled. Um, so now they started putting her photo everywhere as a murder suspect. In the papers, TV, um, their friends, a couple of them, the ones that like they had come to before asking for help to kill her parents... They were like, holy shit, they actually did it. And they went to the police station and told them everything they knew. So at least they did that, right? Like, at least they came forward right away and were like, holy shit, yeah, this is what happened. Um, so Jeremy and Jasmine found some people that were, some of their friends that were going away somewhere. Um, so they decided to jump in the truck and run away, obviously. Um... So they hopped in the bed of the truck because there was already three people in the cab. <clears throat> so this police officer, he was actually a rookie. He was thinking like they knew what truck they were in, who had they, had, they were gone with. So they knew the vehicle to look out for. And he was like, you know what? They're going to pass through here and they're going to need gas. Like they had to stop for gas at some point. So this rookie police officer went and sat at a gas station for like an entire night waiting then at 7 a.m., all of a sudden he looks up and the vehicle shows up. Um, three girls get out. They go run into the store or run into or a couple girls get out, run into the gas station. In there, they find a newspaper with Jasmine's face on it saying how her whole family was murdered. So they're like, what the hell? Because they knew nothing about it. They weren't told. They bring it out and they're like, what the hell, Jasmine? And all she did was laugh and they were like, they were so confused because they're like, what the hell? Like, you think she'd be upset? But no, she laughed. Um, obviously, though, this didn't bother their friends that much because they were like, oh, shit, you guys are probably going to have to go and run away somewhere, do something. But in the meantime, let's pull into this parking lot and take a nap. <laughs> so the cop is just following them. He called for backup. 
And then these guys go over, take a nap in the truck, and when they did, the police ambushed them. They found Jeremy and Jasmine underneath a blanket in the bed of the truck, and she had no pants on, FYI. Twelve. Um, the girls were put in one cruiser, and Jeremy was put in another, and as he was put into the cruiser, he yelled, Tell my mom she can have my TV. I love her. Uh, yep, can't make this up, guys. So Jasmine, on the police ride, was mainly worried about Jeremy being charged with rape because, you know, she had no pants on. And then her and her little friends in the backseat of the cruiser were like, oh, let's just say the police did it. So, again, her family was murdered and that was her concern. <clears throat> so during the interrogation, she pretended to cry a whole bunch of times because, you know, that's what you do. Um, then one detective, they weren't getting anywhere. So then one detective was like, oh, I know what to do. Like, I'm just going to go in, pretend to be like the cool cop, be friends with her. Like, she'll fall for that. And of course she did. Right away, she like started flirting with him. She she told him he smelled good. She said she liked him. Um, she eventually said, yeah, she wasn't involved, but she eventually admitted to trying to strangle Jacob so he couldn't feel the pain. Like, oh, how nice of you, big sis. <laughs> like, oh God. Uh, she said that she tried stabbing Jacob, but she couldn't, that the knife was slipping. She couldn't like actually physically do it. And that... Jeremy had to do it, but Jacob started running around yelling, I'm too young to die. Like, how awful. This poor little eight-year-old. That's what his last words are. Screaming that he's too young to die. Uh, she stated she didn't know what she would do, but she knew Jacob couldn't go through life without her parents. So she had to kill him. He couldn't, he couldn't live life without parents. That's why she killed Jacob. Um, but then she stated... Jeremy did all of this for me because he loved me. He did it out of loving me. Like, oh, how sweet. Like, he murdered your entire family for you. Wow. <laughs> you guys are really a love story. So then, the cop, this is something that's never been done, so it was, like, great. The cop's like, hey, how about you write your parents a letter? <laughs> write a letter, like, apologizing to them or whatever, you know, just tell them about it. So obviously then at this point they can take that letter into evidence as like a written statement, like a, her saying what she did, right? So this is her letter to her parents. Dear my loverly parental units, I am writing in response to the events of Sunday morning. A terrible thing happened. Something I feel was all my fault. You must know I love you all dearly and you're in my prayers. I wish peace upon your souls in the Summerland. To my brother, I apologize for letting you hear what happened. Also for causing you and you any pain and for frightening you so much. To my parents, I loved you the whole time. I wish I could take everything back. I wish it hadn't happened. I wish you were with me now because now I have no one. I pray you can forgive me and Jeremy too because he was under the influence of mind-altering substances and did it out of love for me. He is possibly the kindest person I have ever met. His wish being for my happiness. For all the fights and hatred exchanged, I still love you. I'm sorry for my, my sarcasm was taken to heart. 
I never meant to harm you. I pay, I pray you can be at peace somehow. So her letter to her parents, she's talking about how great Jeremy is. Like, cool, 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 cool. He's so great. Uh huh. So Jeremy right away in the interrogation room admitted he did it, said he was all high, said he asked her not for him to have to do it, but he would do anything for her. She could tell him to do anything and he just would do it. He said Jasmine killed Jacob. His version was, I went upstairs, watched her cut her own brother's throat. He said she then came over, hugged him, but he freaked out and needed air and went home. When she arrived at his house, she said they needed to go. So they started packing and whatever. Um, he said he didn't want to kill anyone, but he was very surprised by Jasmine's reaction because she didn't cry or care at all. <laughs> like, even he's like, what the hell? Like, she is, doesn't even care. <laughs> we just killed her whole family and she has no reaction. So the cops then are like, hey, you know what? You guys could talk to each other too. Like, send each other a note. We'll bring it back and forth. So they do. So her note is, dear my lovely Basante, please don't be sorry. I'm the one who needs to be begging your forgiveness. If only we ran, yes, but don't obsess on what could have been. In due time, we shall have our castle. I'm not whole without you. I love you with everything I am. I'll never stop and my promises shall be kept however desolate it becomes. Take it one day at a time. It can only get so bad before it gets better. I will be with you in spirit. I hope you're doing all right, however large a, ta large a task. Don't stress out too much. Having your sanity might be helpful. More than anything, I wish to be with you and hold you again. But until that day comes, know I love you. XOXO. Enjoy in sweet sorrow. In sweet. Jeez. <laughs> Enjoy in sweet sorrow, my sweet. 666 Jazz. So he replied, Dear Cuddle Bunny, I'm sure that you're right. What's done is done. You do not need to ask for my forgiveness. Indeed, due time our empire shall be complete before you i was half and now i am whole i can't go back to being half you're the one that i breathe you're my moon when it breaks through the clouds at night you're all that i need i long to feel your soft skin i yearn for your kisses to get me high i hope that you stay true to your words my entire faith has been bestowed upon you with your words i shall remain strong Sometimes I have trouble sleeping at night, but I'm sure the thought of you will get me through the nights. In due time, we shall be together again, but until that day arrives, stay strong, keep hope, and have faith. I love you with all my heart and soul. Never forget that, okay, my love, until we speak again, XOXO, Jeremy. Later in their letters, he proposes, she says yes, so look at that, they're engaged. <laughs> so during... Jeremy's jail time as much as you listen to that letter and you're like okay yeah they think they're going to be together forever they're going to go do their jail time I don't know get out have a happy life together well he started calling a bunch of other girls most of them minors one of them was 14 um outside the jail there was like little vigils of little groupies and stuff being held who like these little girls who all had a thing for Jeremy. I don't know. It's so weird, man. So Jeremy confessed in prison numerous times. 
He always stated, though, that she killed Jacob. He is quoted saying, the eight-year-old will be with me the rest of my life. She is so fucked up in the head and she wanted them all dead. Um, I honestly, my personal opinion, I think, I think she did kill Jacob. I believe him for that. Like, why would he lie about that? He was upfront and honest about everything. I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Everybody has their own opinion. No one will ever know because, you know, Jasmine, Jeremy, and Jacob were the only ones there. So the only one who would tell the truth is unfortunately dead. So um, Jasmine pled not guilty. She fake cried over her charges being read as again, as you do. All the witnesses at the trial stated multiple times that she would tell them she wanted her parents dead. Um, her confession was mostly dismissed because it was argued that they didn't advise her of a, of a right for a lawyer. So that whole thing she, writ, she wrote and stuff, they didn't use it in court. They couldn't use most of it. Um, so Jasmine testified in trial and she said her death comments were just jokes. But apparently she did really bad on the stand. Like it was awful. It took four hours for the guilty verdict um, because of her age. Because again, remember, she's 12. Um, at the time, she's 13 now at the sentencing. She actually was the youngest person in Canada to, I believe, commit murder. Also to get the sentencing that she did. Because she gets, again, Canada's, if you don't know, Canada's justice system is almost jokeable. Because... Like, you'll see. So she helped murder her whole family, set it all into action. She got six years and four years probation. So with that, though, they just sent her to a psychiatric facility for, like, rehabilitation. She was the youngest in Canada for this program. So she had 18 months served while she was waiting. So at the time of her actual sentencing, she had four years left in that um, psychiatric facility and then four and a half years probation and then she's done so imagine like <laughs> you killed three people and as soon as you the only time she really spent in prison was her teenage years when she became an adult she's out done like it's just crazy but anyways she served her sentence at an alberta psych facility she was released in 2012. As of 2017, her record has been expunged and her identity changed. So no one knows her new identity. I'm sure a few people, but like you can't find it really anywhere. I found some things about it, but not enough where I'd report on it because, you know, I only want like facts. Um, so again, Everything's expunged, so that means she has zero record. She can go anywhere and do anything. Nothing will... Like, she could be she could be a teacher at a school. She could be out there teaching eight-year-olds. You know? Like, it's just so crazy to me that they allowed all that to happen. Like, I get it. She was a child. But you still took three lives. They don't get to go to a rehabilitation program and come out. Like, they're gone. Their lives are gone. But I don't know, you maybe you don't agree with me. I do believe in rehabilitation to a point, but I also believe in justice. And <laughs> doing six years for killing three people to me is not justice. Like it just, it doesn't. Anyways, whatever. Again, just me, whatever. 
It is rumored, though, she did go to college and she's living a good life and whatever now. But, um, <laughs> again, that's her brother never got to go to college. He didn't even get to go to high school. He didn't even get to go to middle school, you know, just anyways, it's awful to think about. Um, Jeremy's trial was in 2008. His mom, apparently, this is one of the things I read and I found it weird, but his mom showed up with like a high school jacket on of his football jacket or something, but he'd like played barely ever. I don't know. Um, so he took to the stand. He admitted everything he did. Um, he tried to say it was self-defense, but like, come on, you showed up at their house at 4am with a knife and slaughtered the whole house. Like, come on. So a guilty verdict for him took one day. He was sentenced to three life sentences in prison. So 25 years for each consecutive. So after one another, um, after 25 years, he does have the chance for possibility of parole. So he's sentenced to basically 75 years, but after 25 years, he could be up for parole. Um, so he is still currently in prison. Nothing new about it yet. Um, he did change his identity. So his new name is Jackson May. Just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> All right. So that is the story of the Richardson family. I hope I told it good. I mean, I, there's obviously a lot more detail and stuff. I didn't want this to be too long. Um, just like I said, for my first case, obviously a lot of other cases and unsolved and missing and stuff, I will go into a lot more detail and they will be a lot longer. Um, but for this one, like I said, it is kind of a cut and dry case. They're already into their sentences and, you know, so <sighs> thanks so much to those who kept listening and stuck it out with me, even if it's just one person out there that did. <laughs> um, I would love some feedback and ratings, of course. Please keep in mind it is my first episode. I'm probably sound a little funny. My audio sucks and I'm stumbling a bit on my words. A bit nervous, especially doing it by myself. Um, so I promise it will only improve. Again, please follow, rate, um, you can find me on all the socials, so Instagram or Facebook at What a Killer Podcast. Twitter is What a Killer Pod. Um, you can contribute on Patreon, What a Killer Podcast. I'll do some fun stuff on there, obviously, once things get going. Um, it'll take some time, but there will be some fun things on there later. Um, and you can email me at whatakillerpodcast at gmail.com. I would actually love to get emails. I think that would be so fun. Um, again, I would love some feedback. Positive, negative, anything. Like I said, it'll only improve. I'll take whatever you want to get. <laughs> but if you are rating, please be generous or just wait to rate until I can get more things going and hopefully improve it a little. So don't just be like, oh, this girl sucks and give me a one star. <laughs> Because I will try to get better, I promise. And I'll have some fun people on. And um, I do have a fun idea for something in the future. It will take a while to do that. But I think it'll be something that'll be kind of cool and a little different. All right. So thank you so much for listening. Again, the podcast is What a Killer Podcast. I'm Nancy. And I look forward to recording more and getting better. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>